0: This is The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. Today we're going to be speaking with Shelby Harris and Kobe Bryant before we get to our player interviews, though. we got to look back at the Seahawks win over the Lions, the good... the bad we'll start with the good Wyman the offense 48 points Geno Smith still the most efficient quarterback in all of football I did not see this offensive start for Seattle and I know that there are people that will say well it's the Lions I mean who really cares they really struggle still the most yards and most points by any team
1: yeah I'm not one to look too much at how where their defense is ranked it's a professional football team Mm -hmm. you know so I just And really, it wasn't – two guys really stood – well, really, I mean, you could look at the tight ends and how well those guys are doing. You could look at, you know, the fact that Geno is just playing out of this world. He was NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Um, And then Rashad Penny. You know, I did a football one-on-one thing on him yesterday yesterday. His first, I think it was four carries, were for two yards. He had no gain, one yard, no gain, one yard. He got uh, a six-yard carry in the first half, and then he just exploded. So it's the way they're doing it. And Gino just looks unbelievably poised. You know, one one play that I would point out is um, the the quarterback draw that he ran down inside the ten yard line. Yeah, that was Steve Young back in the eighties. Yeah, that every time. Yeah, you got man coverage. Everybody's got their back turned, but the way he waited for Blythe to come and hit the block and just very casually just strolled right in. He just looks so confident. So yeah, I mean, I I don't know if he can keep this up or not. If you compare his numbers to uh, let's say Russell Wilson's. Uh, he's been sacked. <laughs> just
0: random. Just, let me just take a random quarterback Yeah, we'll
1: just pick somebody. Uh, <laughs> he's been sacked six times. Russ has been sacked 12. He's got a 108 rating, and Russ has a 91. Uh, 77% completion over 61%. Uh, he's got 1,000 yards as opposed to 980. Mm-hmm. You know, So, yeah, he's thrown a couple uh, interceptions, but he's tracking for about 9 or 10 picks this year, which is – you know, especially single digits, you you can live with that. So yeah, it's just uh, it's a I, I don't know. It's just something. I when we ask the players, like, did you see this in Geno? Like, oh, yeah, we knew that. I'm like, yeah, didn't. <laughs> come on,
2: man. I Who was...
0: saw this in Gino? This wasn't, I mean,
2: I don't think anybody saw it coming.
0: No, because this is never Not. how he's looked as a starter. Granted, he was only really a true starter for his first two seasons in the NFL, and then since then, hasn't really started a, a full season. So, think of how long that's been. I mean, that's a good eight years since you've seen Gino. No one really knew what to expect because. If you expect in a game, the quarterback you see in practice, everyone's out here winning MVP every single year. Bump, they finally found a way to get DK involved.
3: Yeah. Um, one comment I want to say about Gino. Yeah. He's a visual learner. He sat down for eight years and got to sit behind three good quarterbacks yeah. and learn by visualizing and being around them. But DK, I love the way they got DK going. They moved him around. There was a couple, I want to say in the first series, you see Two tight ends in the backfield. You got DK and Locking in the slots, and they motion the, the tight ends to the number one receivers on the outside. Now you got to match up with DK on a out, on a backer and a safety. They moved him around. So I'm starting to slot. They motioned him outside. They took a slant when they had a slam, which I, I'm thankful to see because there's so many times guys are going to play off on DK. Why? Because he's going to run by them. And then DK has to make a play. DK made a tough play going across the middle, knowing he's going to get hit. Gino serves up a good football. Boom. Takes care of the football. Um, so it's it's been fun to see how every week there's, like, a group or a person that takes their chance, mm-hmm. kind of leading the charge on offense. Last week it was DK. But whenever the tight ends get involved, these games are close.
1: Yeah, really quick on yeah. the tight ends. 30 targets for all three guys, 28 catches, 237 yards and five touchdowns. So, yeah, I love the way – that they run that you know the sort of layered bootleg where mm-hmm. there's a short guy there's a medium guy and a deep guy and the tight end seem to always be open and then you saw the one pretty long pass to Parkinson i think it was like 10 12 yards it was a 5 yard throw he turns runs up and uh Noah Fant was running the intermediate route and he kind of butt blocked but, yeah yeah you know, the the defender classic there classic block yeah so they're really they're really helping each other out it's just a you know, the back shoulder throw to Disley was perfectly delivered by Gino. So, yeah, I love seeing those because that was something that frustrated me last year. Is it just didn't get the the tight ends the ball enough?
0: Have you noticed that that there is a change in the way that plays are being designed to feature the tight ends a little more and get them open, or is the difference that one quarterback just has different strengths than the other?
1: Well, I just think Gino is is much more willing to take what's the defense is giving to him. And you know, and I'm I'm not ripping Russ, and I'm not saying that. You know, that he's, you know, not as good of a quarterback and all that. But I do think that there were times he wasn't willing to just dump it off and take take the uh, some of the short stuff. The other thing is they've they've been in, you know, three tight insets a number of times. Yep. You know, they having a lot of success with that. So I love love all of that. It's and I think the, the thing is Gino has taken those things early on and now they're starting defense starts yeah. to suck up and then you can you know throw the ball downfield like the one you described, Bump, to uh, to Metcalf.
0: Well, speaking of the defense, uh, the good news is that Seattle got 555 net yards, 48 points. The bad news, Denver got 520 net yards and 45 points. And granted, the Lions were second entering this game in points per game at 31. 45 more than 31, though. So they also outperformed expectation, had one of their very best games, well, their best game on offense of the season. And uh, it wasn't a win, but they certainly played well and found the end zone. Guys, I feel like every single week we've been entering saying, well, how does the defense get fixed? How do they do it? How do they change? Are you seeing the same problems over and over, Dave?
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I I think they're not sure, you know? And that's what Cody, we had Lofa Tatupu on, and he he pointed this play out. I went back and looked at it. Cody had a play where he dropped back in coverage, and he ends up hitting the receiver and dislodging the ball. He could have had a pick. And if he's just feeling the routes and he's freed up and, He's not thinking too much. You can see him a lot of times at the point of attack where there's a running play and he'll kind of go back to hit the blocker Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, going around him. And I I don't know, it just looks to me like uh, that they're thinking too much, you know. And I don't know if that just means they need to, you know, go ahead and simplify things or what. But they're trying to figure it out. You know, it's funny. I was looking last night because, you know, there was some talk that – According to ESPN, anyway, uh, but there's lots of talk about um, the fact that the whole league's going to 3-4. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's
2: 50-50.
4: <laughs> it's 8-8
1: eight and eight in each uh, conference. So, you know, I, I don't know. They could probably make some adjustments that looks a little bit more because, look, when they ran the 4-3, Cody was playing great. And now... Really, even in the preseason, he was not getting off of blocks. And, and I don't mean to pick on him because...
0: Well, he's a good example, though, because I think yeah. it's an easy one for people to think, oh, I know of a play immediately with right. Williams picking up 51 yards and, oh, it's clicking, you know, so yeah. it's, a, it's a good example, even if it's not the only error made in this game. Um, Bump, what do you see from the defense? <clears throat>
3: um, I see bad eyes. I see the same things that the Seahawks do to exploit a defense. And the Hawks do a great job of this. I complained about it earlier in the season. I'm like, man, they got the jet sweep going to the left. Then they're running to the left. Like, Why are they doing that, man? They should, they should misdirection, bring them back the other way. Then eventually they run the jet sweep to the left. They fake the run to the left. Now the tight end to the left side is going across that mesh on that bootleg. And I see the confusion that it causes on that defensive line on that second level. It seems like on the D-line in the second level, they're taking, they're taking the bait. You know what I mean? And I heard KJ talk about it. And he said, um, he said, pop, pop. He goes, the linebackers got to pop, pop their feet. Instead of committing to something right now, your first move is to pop up and try to diagnose. Um, so, you know, it's just being aggressive, too. You yeah. mentioned that 3-4. Your linebackers are going to have guys on you right now. And Cody Barton's is not used to having a guy on him right now. So there's some teaching that needs to happen. If you talk to Paul Morey, man, he sent a nice little text last night huh, to us about... Phew, Moore's been doing some homework. It was what did
0: Moore say? Well, he pretty wait, much said did he, that, wait, did he send a video where he points with his four was nah, it was, it was all it was, was all text. text. Okay. He pretty
3: much said it's not as bad <laughs> as it looks and that it, it's fixable. And when I look at it, okay. little things like that, I go, yeah, there's some things that can be fixed. But at the end of the day, tackle. Get the guy to the ground. Get him out of bounds.
0: I only left you a minute, but do you want the final word on the defense here?
3: Yeah. I. How
1: do you explain the, the missed tackle that Cody had on the sidelines down the field? I can't. Yeah. There's no way that's him. It's just not. So yeah, there's something going on that, and I think for him, he's a different kind of player. I think he thinks a lot, you know, and maybe just turn off your brain. I think Jordan Jordan Brooks has probably played the most consistently. Yeah, uh, him Uchenna has been has been really good, but they still don't. I don't feel like they're turning it loose. There's something that's clogging Cody's brain to miss a tackle mm-hmm. like that. There's just, there's just no way he's not just, being
3: free. You don't just think it's not him. Yeah. Well, and what yeah. they've
0: struggled with too, you mentioned Uchena and was NFC defensive player of the week in, I believe week one. So he's mm-hmm. had a fantastic start to the season. But what happens if other people aren't performing is if even your best player on defense and Uchenna has been one of those makes a mistake, which he did in this game, suddenly it costs you, right? Cause it's like, it, there's no safety net of great play. Yeah. That's been happening defensively. So uh, going to be a theme of the huddle today, uh, as will uh, some of the improvements on offense and what they've been able to do on offense. So looking at uh, both sides of the coin here. But we're going to jump into some player interviews back to back. Shelby Harris joins us next. This is the huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost, And we're going to be joined with back to back defensive players. But guys, I'm going offense here. Let's start with a conversation about Rashad Penny's huge day. Best game of the season, looking very much like the Rashad Penny we saw at the end of last year, Dave.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, and and again, I'll go through it here. He started off with a one-yard carry, no gain, no gain, one yard, about six minutes left in the second quarter, six yards, and then he had a reception for six yards. So at halftime, one catch for six yards, and he has five runs for eight yards. The old Rashad Penny maybe would get discouraged by that, I think. And he's got lots more confidence in the way he finishes and so I did a football one-on-one thing at uh, SeattleSports.com where Gino and actually the week before I did one where Gino could have checked to a run because they mm-hmm. had numbers. They had five guys to block four, and they ended up throwing a fade to DK. So Rabel and I, when we saw them run that that play to Penny where he ran 50, 41 yards, we had you know Jen ask if that was a check, and he said, "Sure enough, Gino checked to a run," and they had eight guys up on the line of scrimmage, all eight you know, rushed, and they just, they pulled the guard, kicked out, and the second that Rashad Penny, and he was very patient, waiting for the blocks to set up, and then he takes off, puts a move downfield where he just totally breaks down the defensive back. I actually felt sorry for him. The <laughs> defensive back? It looked like his ankle was broken.
3: <laughs> Snatched you know.
1: him. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, it's just so much confidence, and then afterwards, just his, interview. He's like, yeah, yeah, we checked to that one. and I mean, he's very calm about it. He's very professional. It's kind of like Gino. They're both like super poised. It's like Gino's been starting in the league for 10 years. It looks like Rashad Penny is Finally, the guy. Now it took him a while. Yeah, it took him four or five years to get there. But I'm just so happy with what we're seeing from him.
3: I just like he's a big man. He's two thirty. Yeah. yeah, and he's moving. He's That's thick. why he felt bad for that DB because uh, this is two thirty <laughs> running dude. right at you. Can imagine trying to tackle that dude. Um, my favorite play from last week with Rashad we Penny was that that third in like sixteen or something like that, where there was an inverted whistle prior on the third down They get an extra down. And I think Shane Waldron looked at that defense and said, all right, man, if they're going to play off. Right. They're trying to prevent the big play right now. Let's just hand the ball off and see what happens. Because Right. In that situation, you're just playing for field position. Maybe you get enough yards to get a field goal. But when you have the big play ability um, like this guy here, you never know what's going to happen there.
0: Oh, they got enough yards. 36 into yeah. the end zone Yeah, yeah. Rashad Penny.
1: He had, what, an 8.9-yard average. It's Unreal. Ridiculous. And it all ha- mostly happened in the in the second half. So really happy to see uh, him because you're right, man. And there's nothing worse than – so I used to be on kickoff return, which I hated because you have to retreat like 15, 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And here comes some linebacker who's trying to make a name for himself, and he's – you know, 240, 45 pounds. And you're thinking, is he going to plow me or is he going to put a move on me? Yeah. Because either one, I mean, when you get juked, it's, it feels bad. (laughs) 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 And then, you know, if you get trucked and, and run over, that's not great either. And that's the kind of thing that he has going at the end. Like, you know, at the end of plays, I told him this a couple years ago, and I like to take credit for it, but it, I didn't. I don't get credit for it. But I was like, you should run people over more. Because, <laughs> you know, he's too, like you said, 230, 235. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I've i been thinking about it. He's such a nice guy. He's, a you know, easy to root for. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm really happy when a guy gets it, you know, and especially for a first rounder, because we, we had him on, and I asked him, I was like, did you feel any kind of pressure for being a first rounder? I was happy to be a second rounder. Nobody, nobody, you know, put pressure on me, he's a first rounder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's really tough. even if
0: you're 32, people are still going to be like, "Well, you're a first rounder," and yeah. you're like, "But I could have been 33." <laughs> right,
1: right. So yeah, it's a lots of pressure that way, and he's navigated that part really
3: well.
0: Bump, you found a pretty cool stat about Rashad Penny. I,
3: I didn't find it. John Boyle found this. You
0: found John Boyle's stat about Rashad Penny.
3: And it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> so Penny has five touchdowns of over 30 yards or more dating back to last season. No other NFL player has more than two dating back to the start of last season. To illustrate how rare Penny's big playability is, if you take it back to 2019, Penny has seven touchdowns of 30-plus yards, trailing only Derrick Henry, who has eight over that span. But here's the kicker, Dave. Henry has 976 carries since 2019. Penny has 244 carries. So, Henry has 732 more carries during that span. Penny is the most explosive running back in the league right now. And and that's and that's within such a short period of time. So that's what gets me even more excited. I'm like, man, this guy's putting it all together.
0: Yeah. All right, Shelby Harris uh joining us right now for uh for a quick interview here. Gonna switch hey. from obviously offense to defense. Although Shelby, if you've got any takeaways on Rashad Penny, that's where we were just at. So
5: <laughs> Man, you know, strong runner. You know, <laughs> it, it what's crazy is the fact of, you know, his balance after you know, weaving through all the garbage in the middle, and then yeah. being able to break it and break off to all these big runs—you don't, you don't see that a lot from a lot of these running backs anymore. We, we felt
1: sorry for the DB that he broke down. <laughs> <laughs> we, think, we, we think he broke his ankle. There. He gave
5: his best effort. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you liking it here? Uh, actually, I spent time here and in Denver. Denver's a great franchise. I was looking through to see if there's anybody left over from when I was there because it was a hundred years ago. Steve <laughs> Atwater.
5: Oh, that's my guy. I love that's I love Big Steve. Big Steve is cool, man. Yeah. No, uh, it's it's cool out here. It's uh, you know, I always say people lied to me though because everyone's like, it's just going to be cloudy and, and you know, it's been nice. It's been nice to just, just wait. I'll, I'll, it. Ju- just Everyone wait for it. Everyone keeps saying just wait, and I and I keep hearing that, and I keep waiting. And I, I thought yesterday would have been like the. All right, it's starting and then today I wake up and it's sunny again. So I'm like <laughs>
0: Well see, the good thing is like when the Chargers come here or whatever it is, I don't know if you guys are on the road, but let's say some teams where it doesn't snow, it doesn't rain, you'll be acclimated to it and all of a sudden they're gonna be like, How do we even do this? And you're gonna be like, I'm ready <laughs>
5: <laughs> Well you Game know on. I'm from Wisconsin and There so, you go, yeah. Oh. Like in Milwaukee in the in the winter it's pretty, oh, no pretty, pretty pretty gloomy. You know what I mean? So this is nothing new. It's just you no, know, I just feel like people have been overhyping it. It's cool, <laughs> you know. It's nothing wrong with not seeing the sun for a little bit. The sun needs a vacation too. Exactly. I'm with that. <laughs> you well, know, what I'm mean?
3: like 65 and cloudy is perfect. You're it's football weather for me. I know it. And I grew up at 90, and I, I'm done with it. Like 65 and cloudy, I can get with that.
5: Exactly. There's nothing bad. There's nothing well, wrong with that at all. It's
1: frustrating when it rains every day in June. That's what happened to me, and that's when when I was playing here, I went and got a place in Arizona for the office.
5: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I could understand that, but it's like, what is it? May shower? No, April showers bring, bring May, May flowers. flowers and and what do like- May flowers bring? Ju- June thunderstorms. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: guess.
3: Hey, uh, how, how's the body feeling? You're you're an older guy on the team, not in life. Oh, Thirty one, oh. not in life. Wow. You know, but oh. you're currently
0: a- the youngest person in this room.
3: Facts. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Y'all but, uh, you know, how's the I only
0: I, have you beat by a year.
3: How's, how's the body feeling? How are you feeling?
5: I feel good. It, it helps. I had two weeks off and, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the season. But honestly, I feel good. I feel, honestly, this is probably the best I felt all year because now it's like my body's kind of getting calloused to Again, You know, it feels better just yeah. going through the grind of, you know, playing football. But, you know, I think uh, for me, just personally, you know, the Seahawks provide so many ways for you to take care of your body. And, you know, with the the way they manage practice and your workload, it's specifically made for you to be able to perform on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so I I've been feeling, and I feel like I've been playing some of the best ball that I you know that I can play. Love it,
1: Shelby. Uh, as far as the defense goes, we were just talking about our buddy Paul Moyer, who's uh, you know works with us, and he was a coach here, and so he he's excited looking at you know some of the things, and you guys are really close to certain things. So tell, Tell us about what would have been some of the challenges this year, and if you feel that way that like you're getting close.
5: Yeah, I I would say you you know, well, the one on defense is we just need to eliminate the big play. Uh, You know, it's you know if you look at the Detroit game and you look at you know I'm looking at the rush defenses Mm -hmm. in general. If you eliminate two of those plays, two of those big you know big plays, you're talking about averaging two yards a carry. Right, and so. That's you know you have to look at it in the big picture of things that we're that close from, from really being one of those elite defenses. We just have to eliminate all the you know the dumb errors and and really just shooting ourselves in the foot. We're doing that to ourselves. And you know obviously credit to you know the Lions they have a, a, a really good rush attack. But you know those mistakes that you see in those games it's just us hurting ourselves. So if we can cut down on that then we can you know watch our you know our defense take the next step.
1: Well, and also you hit a three and out and then we fumbled the punt. And then you had another three and out, and then they threw a fake feel or a fake punt, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's you take out the the big ones and yeah, doesn't look so.
3: Yeah, so like what's a, what's the meter room like? You know what I mean? Like after a, a, a week where you guys get it done, I always point out like the team y'all still had two turnovers. You forced it, still two turnovers. So there's some positives that you can get from that game last week. Forced
5: two dropped interceptions. Dropped what two interceptions? Jenna dropped one. Josh Jones dropped one. So yeah. Could have yeah. been even more. Exactly.
3: Yeah. So when you dive deeper, like he just mentioned, uh, Dave, with the three and outs, and then you mentioned the the turnovers and what could have been. You guys you guys lean on that and remind yourselves, like, man, don't get down. Like, we're closer than what? The outside thinks.
5: Oh, man, honestly, we could care less for the outside things. Because at, at the right. end of the day, is the only people that matter are the ones in this room. We're the only ones that's going to get this done. It's either we're going to fail or we're going to get together. You know what I mean? This is a, We're in a business of production. And so – you know, it's either we get it done or they're going to bring somebody else in here either this year or next year to get it done. Right. You know what I mean? So you got to look at it as how bad do you want your job? See. You know what I mean? Go out there and fight for your job. Like, this this is, you know, this is the land. This is the, the, the life we live in the National Football League. And If you're not going to do it well enough, they're going to bring somebody else in that does. Nobody, like, if we don't get this defense right, they're going to replace a bunch of people in this defense. This mm-hmm. is what happens in the NFL. And so you go into that knowing that. I think it give you a little bit more motivation to get right. get, get, get the stuff right, and so and and I get it, you know, the young and all that stuff, but you know they draft newer young players every year, yeah. and so you got to take it as a pro, and you got to take it as a shot as your manhood. You know what I mean? Like teams are scoring on us, you know, they're running the ball up and down on us, and they're, and they're getting yards through the air. So as a man, what are you gonna do? Mm. Are you just gonna let this? You gonna let it keep happening, or are we going to sit here and make a difference? Right.
0: Hey, great final word, great final thought. He is Shelby Harris. Uh, Shelby, we're excited to see out there, see what this defense can do. We obviously love the confidence in my mind when you said people in this room. I know you were talking about the building. It was. It also included us, literally in this room right now, <laughs> in, in my mind. But Shelby, thank you so much for joining us for taking the time.
5: Yeah, hey, no problem. Thanks for having
0: me all right you are listening to the huddle coming up in just a bit it is cornerback kobe bryant don't go anywhere
2: here's a second down and eight play fake by golf looks fires down the middle ball is caught the ball is out the ball is on
0: the ground the seahawks do they recover they do You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus. No, no, I didn't. (laughs) Well, I'm joined by another rookie here. Kobe Bryant on with us right now. Uh, Kobe, our first time talking to you. So here we are heading into week five. I haven't even had a chance to ask you how you're liking the NFL.
6: I love it. And obviously it's a dream come true. Um, I'm still adjusting, but overall I love it though, so.
1: It's pretty cool that like you don't have to go to class or anything oh, yeah. like that,
6: right? Definitely cool. You I'm, know, you can just focus straight on football. So. Yeah,
1: your whole life is yeah. football. Now yeah. the transition though is it's kind of painful is like you gotta pay bills. <laughs> right. You gotta be a responsible adult. Right,
6: right. <laughs> yeah. So that that takes yeah. up some time. Definitely, right?
1: definitely. But then do you ever sit there and just go, Man, I'm playing a game that I used to say. I would play for free, right. but, you know, you probably would. Right. You'd love right. it so much, and, right. and you're getting paid for
6: it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, my dreams come true. Um, every game is a cherishable moment. You know, I cherish it all and, you know, just enjoy the moment and play the game that I love. So,
3: Man, forced to fumble. A, it sounded like all week you've been working on that. Is that something that right. you just uh, developed in your game or something yeah. that's always been part of your game?
6: No, it's actually always been part of my game. I can't really mm-hmm. remember how many forced fumbles I had in college, but I know I had a lot. Well, from my position, I did. But I always, you know, try to get the ball out or, you know, when the ball is in the air, make us play on the ball. Uh, so that's been the biggest adjustment.
3: As a receiver, man, I look and I'm like, man, I'd be so hot. Some dude just
6: punching at me like that. You ever <laughs> – re- receivers ever get up and be like, man, chill, what right. you doing? <laughs> no, nah, they never say that, but they better know I'm, I'm trying to get the ball out for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so nine interceptions. Uh, I'm trying yeah. to see how many forced fumbles you got there. Uh, yeah. They don't have it here, man. Anyway, I was looking – oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before. Yeah. And the thing about you is that like you were always around the ball. Right. So, I mean, that is there a is there a knack, do you think, for because yeah. the, the punch out thing, everything's happening so fast right. to be able to concentrate on just that one little spot. That, right. you got to have like a knack for it. Yeah,
6: definitely. Definitely. And like I was saying, um, I was telling the coaches, I feel like, you know, when the receiver catches it, the first thing they want to do is, you know, turn up and, you know, try to get a feel. I feel like that's when they're most vulnerable for the ball, or I can see a little bit of space, so that's the opportunity to you know punch the ball out.
1: Now the the balance though is that you know sometimes you see guys miss, miss a tackle, tackle. Right, if you right. don't get it, so you gotta kind of right. gotta. Take care of both. Though,
6: yeah, right? and that's why, like you said, just take care of both, you know, punching and tackling at the same time, and that's going to actually generate more power for you to get the ball out. I got to imagine
3: you and Tariq are on a text thread talking about, man, we got the rookies out here doing it, man. You got a pick six. <laughs> I got a force
6: fumble. It's got to be cool to to be producing right now right. as a
3: rookie, and then you got a rookie on that side of the ball with you doing the same thing.
6: Definitely, man. You know, I'm excited for him, you know, and all the things that he's accomplished. You know, he, he's doing excellent. You know, even with him, you know, still learning a position, He's doing phenomenal, man. I'm, I'm extremely excited for him.
1: Hey, uh, do you ever talk to the officials? Because I always thought the NFL officials, everybody, you know, hates them, the right. fans and everything. But I felt like they were always trying to help.
5: Yeah. And
1: do you ever talk to them about, like, what can I get away with? Right. What can't I get away with? You're trying to f- kind of find the strike zone right, right now. Right. Is that kind of what you're going through? And yeah. Do they help you out?
6: They really haven't told us. And well, not the refs haven't said any, anything to us. You know, but now that I think about, it, I should go up, to, go up and start asking me you know, what can I get away with, and, you know, things like that, so I can help myself and you know share the word of what they try to tell me too. So, yeah.
3: you played in some big games um, from yeah. Cincy, but in Detroit, it seemed loud as heck, man. Yeah, yeah. How loud was it, and what was that communication like with the defense? Right.
6: Well, actually, on the defensive standpoint, it's not really loud. Right. They're being their, quiet for yeah. the offense, yeah. but so that's a better, for, better for us for the mm-hmm. communication and all that. So. Yeah. I like that you said you like playing nickel because you like being
1: sort of in the box. Right. And, you know, and uh, Tariq's the same way, man. He, he is super physical. Yeah. Man. Seems like you guys, uh, you like that aspect of the game.
6: Huh? Yeah, definitely. You got to be able to tackle. You know, that's the first thing, um, you know, Coach Carroll preaches, you know, tackling. You know, that's a big part of it, part of the defense. You know, in order to tackle, you got to be dominant, so.
1: Have they sent you yet? Like any uh, any quarterback blitzes or anything? Are you are you raising yeah. your hand?
6: Oh, absolutely. Wait, in? didn't Kobe have a uh, sack? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, every time I get a chance to blitz, I'm I'm locked in. I'm focused on that. So, yeah. Yeah. so you're going into week five. It's week five, week now, five now, right? right,
3: right. Um, every week has the game gotten slower for me. Have you yeah. had, you're taking lessons from from yeah. each opponent? How's it definitely, feeling out there right now?
6: Definitely. You know, I'm still growing, obviously, but that's going to be every week. But, you know, it's definitely slowing down for me. And, uh, you know, even watching more film, you know, with Coach Shedd, out after practice, working extra little things, you know, just to, you know, better on my game and, you know, become a dominant.
1: What do you see from New Orleans this week that, that stands out to you?
6: Definitely great receivers. You know, I, I know a couple of those guys over there. And, uh, you know, they have good, good running backs as well. Just an overall good team. You know, the record doesn't define who they are. They're a great team. And, you know, I'm ready to compete.
0: Who's been uh, in in just the four games you've been in so far one a guy that you walked away going I can't believe I just played against that guy.
6: Um... Can't really think of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: I'm yeah. kind of springing it on There's you. Yeah, I
6: can't really think
3: of yeah, well, that. You'll see know. Michael Thomas. And right. probably be the That's first what time. I'm right. saying.
0: I'm right. like, I don't know that they've really that you guys have really played. You right. know, where you're walking away going, "Oh my God, Derrick Henry was just running <laughs> at me," and I just panicked for a minute. <laughs> right, but you're right, right. If Michael Thomas is playing, he's yeah, got. My, yeah. He's got. Yeah. I think his foot or knees banged up. But if he's yeah. out there, that would definitely, be one. But definitely. you're gonna have many of those oh, absolutely. moments absolutely. and of course here we're hoping you absolutely. come out in the upper hand there absolutely. all right he is rookie cornerback we're gonna have to say it for at least a year rookie cornerback <laughs> <Yeah>. kobe bryant <laughs> joining us for the huddle kobe thank right. you so much thank you all right you guys uh we're gonna hear from uh, Gino smith who hits the podium a bit later today also we've got another hour to come with plenty of analysis from your favorite seahawks voices don't go anywhere this is the huddle you are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacy Ross. Let's hear from quarterback Geno Smith.
4: You know, obviously it's, uh, you know, you're honored um, to receive that award. Uh, you know, they donate to a charity of my choice, so that's pretty cool. And uh, really it's more of a team offensive um, award, you know, just speaks volumes to the guys I'm playing around, um, the entire offense as a whole, you know, the quarterback gets a lot of the attention obviously, but, uh, you know, all the guys play well. And I think all of us, we can accept that together. you remember when you won it as a rookie? Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly the game, but I do remember. Yeah, I do.
2: What, what charity
4: did, did you choose? Uh, I'm, I have my own. So seven, seven Sunday heroes foundation. Um, we've been hosting, uh, you know, Um, underprivileged uh, youth at the games here in Seattle for a couple years now and so uh, that's something I've been you know adamant about my entire career is just philanthropy and giving back and uh, you know we do a lot of stuff down in Miami Florida where I'm from and looking to do more as well in Seattle. What do you get out
0: of that? What
4: what have you learned? Uh, You know really it's just about um, giving back you know allowing um, you know guys who look like myself young ladies who look like myself and just you know, in the in the area, some some people who may be dealing with things, just to you know show them a good time, you know have them at a game, their family members, uh, you know kind of you know brighten their day uh, if we can. And mo- for the most part, it's just helping people out. You know, just I have a heart for giving and uh, enjoy helping people out.
7: Have you been? Is it mostly kids from here, or has it been a mix of you brought kids out from Miami? To-
4: uh, so it's been just kids from uh, locally in the area. Uh, and when I was on other teams, it was the same thing. And then obviously when I'm back home, uh, we, we do things like that as well back home. How much do they give? Uh, the, for the charity? Yeah. Uh, you you I'm not sure exactly the amount, but I'm, uh, I'll, I'll figure that out. But I'm not sure the amount, but I think it's something, something nice.
7: Saw it in New Orleans just last year. How, how similar or different are they on defense?
4: Uh, I think they have a lot of similarities, obviously bringing back a, a ton of guys, uh, starting with their middle linebacker, DeMario, um, you know, Cam Jordan up front. Uh, you know, he, they got uh, 23, um, Lattimore in the back end. Uh, they got some additions as well with Tyran Matthew and uh, Marcus May. A few other guys have uh, signed over as free agents as well as some guys they've drafted. But um, overall, man, they, they present the same challenges, um, very good on third downs. Uh, presented a lot of tough looks, um, you know, some things that we have to be ready for and adjust to, and then overall, you know, same mentality as well for them. It's being aggressive. Uh, they have a, an aggressive style of defense. They want to be an attacking defense and put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. You
7: started a bunch of games since then. You had a whole training camp, all that. How much more prepared maybe do you feel like you are versus what is was your second start against Ole
4: you know, I, I may be a little more comfortable in the offense, but I felt prepared then as well. Um, you know, I think now it's just going to be about uh, welcoming the new challenges and all the different things. I'm pretty sure they'll have some, some different looks and some things that we're not going to see on tape. Uh, that's what I think they do a great job at. So us being ready to adjust um, and, and just use our rules, you know, um, and, and go with what we know as far as the looks and then, you know, communication on the sideline, uh, getting to different things.
7: You said after the Detroit game you could you could still get better. Is there a specific thing or two you look at and be like, Yeah, this is something I could I could do better going forward?
4: Just everything. Everything. Um I'm always gonna be my own toughest critic. Um and so I always feel like I can play better. Uh in that game specifically, you know, I, I feel like I left a touchdown out there, won the title locket, and then just, you know, accuracy and things like that. Those are the things I my reads, my footwork, my accuracy, I'm hard on myself on those things and uh, you know, I still feel like I'm growing in those areas, so I, I can definitely get better.
1: The other side of that question: What do you feel like you've done best over the first four games?
4: Uh, just moving the chains. You know, I feel like as an offense, we've done a great job at moving the chains, um, standing manageable situations. You know, re- being really good on first and second downs, uh, and then overall, just you know, winning, trying to win games. Um, you know, what I'm good at. You know, that's I don't really think about it like that. I think about us as a, as a whole. What are we great at? And I think we've done a great job at um, moving the chains and being consistent in that area
7: whole team meetings. How many individual or like little group meetings are you a part of in any given
4: week as you prepare for a game? Yeah, uh, we do a bunch of them. You know, when Russ was here, we used to come together and do it collectively on on Tuesdays. But me now, I'm more of a, you know, I Zoom call, FaceTime these guys when they're at home just to give them more time to be at home. And I FaceTime them and go over the game plan and certain things that we're seeing. And for the most part, I I do it myself individually with each team. Uh, specific guy and so it's not more of a collective thing where, where it's what it used to be was collective now it's more just me calling them uh, calling those guys and getting on the phone with them and um, talking them through certain things in the game plan every guy on the offense every Tuesday of not every single guy but you know just the, the the guys who are you know we got certain things that I need them to see on tape and need them to see as far as uh the player they're going against or certain leverages or certain looks
8: so you used to give a test at the, end, at the end of every week. Do you do something
7: similar like that No, not at all. So you, uh, do you like meet with just you and Shane at all, at all? Or maybe you, Drew and Shane, or you, Drew, Shane, and Shane and Dave? or? Yeah, couple?
4: we got all those. You got all those. I mean, it's me and Shane, and then it's, you know, Drew and I and, and, and Sean, and then, you know, all of us together as a group. So we, we, we're just continu- continuously meeting and talking and texting and just communicating however we can.
7: Describe the sort of the evolution of your relationship with Shane and how that's grown from last year to where it is now.
4: Uh, I think it's growing. Um you know, what I will say about Shane is that he he does a great job with all the guys, not just me. Uh, he's, he's still coaching Drew, still coaching Sean. And collectively as a group, that's kind of how we work as a whole, not just the individual. But uh, our relationship had already been great, and uh, it's just continuing to grow. Uh, I think as we continue to play more and more games, um, you know, different aspects of that relationship will grow and, and, and we'll learn from certain things. Um, but overall, uh, I know Shane trusts me and I trust him, and I think that's the important thing.
0: I apologize if this question has already been asked, but what do you take from the game
4: film last year against the Saints that might be useful this week? Yeah, uh, good question. I just think all the looks they gave us, you know, they gave us a bunch of tough looks on third downs and, um, you know, they're really good in their pass rush and and the schemes and the way that they scheme up things. So uh, just being prepared for that and then um, just handling the situations, you know, I think we did a pretty good job last year. Um, but we weren't great in situational um, uh, football. And so handling those situations when they come about in the game. You
6: know, I know we're only four weeks in and
8: uh, folks on the task at hand, but you're in the midst of doing something that we frankly haven't really seen before. The guy was a backup for seven years and now you're
2: in the top of the league and pass your rating to scout as player of the week.
4: you surprised by (laughs) that? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, if you told me before the season, I'd be a little surprised. Yeah, that's because you never watched me throw yeah what are you what are you making of all that i don't make nothing of it i'm just playing ball um doing what i'm supposed to do Uh, and like i said it's a testament to the guys i'm playing with and around um none of that's possible without you know the offensive line protecting the way they do receivers getting open and catching the way they do uh, shane calling great plays so um it's it's more of a collective thing versus just me myself you know i know that it's more that goes into it and uh you know every everyone's pulling doing their part and pulling their weight
7: with anybody who is surprised by
4: that? I have no issue with anybody at all. But if you are surprised, it's just because you never see me throw.
7: Going back to going back to training camp going against when Wolves out there, was there a moment or play that stood out like, okay, even by NFL standards, this guy's different speed-wise?
4: Yeah, that was a bunch of plays, man. I mean, he made so many great plays in camp. I mean, I can't, you know, speak on one specific play. But, um, I mean, just trying to, you know, going at him, thinking, okay, you know, if you get a one-on-one against a rookie nine times out of ten, you're feeling like, okay, we got a great matchup. And then seeing that, oh, uh, well, man, he's, he's kind of, you know, shutting it down, and it's probably not the best to just go at him all the time. So, I mean, he's a freak of nature. He's... 6'4", runs a 4'2", uh, he's got great ball skills and, I mean, he's just, you know, bec- you know growing into what he's going to become. He's got a lot of room to grow as well and uh, I can't wait to see it, man. He's, he's already off to a great start.
5: There's a lot of measures to success
3: for the offense, <coughs> but not having Michael Dixon punt in the game, where does that rank as far as measures of success in
4: a game? I mean, I would say that's pretty successful not to, point, uh, not to punt in the game. Um, you know, obviously Michael's a great punter and uh, you know, he's always, you know, gonna give you, you know, something inside the twenty. He's always doing a great job of flipping field flip position for us. But, you know, we wanna go out there and score points. And, uh, you know, if that means giving him the day off, then, you know, that's what it'll be. You mentioned
7: DeMario Davis. He really had a good game against you guys last year, if I recall. What, what, what's sort of the challenge with him? And what, what makes him even
4: feel all that? Uh, you know, DeMario and I were on the Jets together when I got drafted, and he's always been um, a, a great running hit player. Um, he's, a, he, he's got a lot of passion. You know, he's the leader of that team, leader of that defense. And uh, he's very smart. He calls the defense. Um, He can get them in and out of any check, any call. Um, You can see that he and the D coordinator, they're, um, you know, they're locked in with what they're seeing and how they want to play. And so, you know, Demario's he's always been a great player. And, uh, you know, he's he's a really good middle linebacker. And, you know, we just got to be ready to know where he is and, uh, you know, take advantage of opportunities uh, when we have him.
2: In Detroit, after the game, a lot of the guys were talking about the communication and how effective you and the offense was getting to the right checks and through the noise and everything. How's Austin Blythe helped you and what's he been good at in that regard?
4: Man, Austin is, uh, congratulations to Austin as well. He just had a baby. But, um, you know, Austin has done a great job, man. His communication is outstanding. You know, he makes it extremely easy on the quarterback. I'm not up there yelling all the calls to all the guys. You know, I can say one thing and he'll get the rest of it communicated. And and he's just on point at every step of the way. Our communication has grown, it's continuing to grow, and Austin does a great job, man. I mean, he's he's communicating and leading all the guys, and you can see, I mean, we got two rookie tackles out there, and, you know, we don't bat an eye, you know, with with the protections we're calling and things we're doing, and a lot of that has to do with Austin and uh, the way he communicates and gets guys lined up and gets them, you know, in the the right places.
0: All right. That was quarterback Geno Smith. Speaking of Geno and the offense, don't look now, but the Seahawks having a quietly great start to the season there, especially in the passing offense. Let's find out what's going right with Ray Roberts. He joins us next on the huddle. You are listening to the huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross joining us now, Ray Roberts, as we go in the trenches and we're going to start on offense. Ray, a fantastic week for Geno Smith.
8: Oh, yeah, it was awesome. It was good to see, um, you know, leading up to that game about you know what opening up the offense was going to be, and then it was just basically really just giving Geno ownership of the playbook, and I thought he was in unbelievable command of the offense. He was cool and calm, even though the the play clock was running down and everybody's watching it going nuts. Uh, they only had to use like one timeout, but he kept getting them into the right play call, and uh, especially on those two runs that he audible to for the touchdown. So was really excited just to see him still progressing as a player at this stage in his career but it's also playing within himself he looks like a 12-year veteran
1: right like a, a guy who started every year it's amazing and you know he's getting the he's getting the ball out on time and everything but you got to say the young bucks out on the edge and you know i was just looking at his sack totals he's only got six sacks um, he's tracking for you know maybe 910 interceptions but uh, he's gotten some really good protection from that offensive line
8: yeah, I was just watch, re re watching the game a little bit yesterday, and just really zeroing in on those tackles and kind of seeing where their improvement is coming from. Uh, but really, a lot of the improvement is coming from the guard in the center because they're keeping the pocket deep. Uh, sometimes when you have uh, those young guys and the edge rushers, uh, you know the the quarterback gets pushed to them because the middle of the pocket is getting collapsed. But the the guard and tackles uh, are doing. A, I mean, the, the guard and center are doing a really good job of keeping the depth of the pocket. And then it allows those guys to, to keep the uh, the outside rushers uh, wide and around the corner. And if I had to say one thing, you know, big Abe, like I've I've been singing his praises uh, uh, since the preseason and he just continues to get better. And then also with, uh, with Charles Cross, like I see that he's been a little playing a little bit lower in his past sets, using his hands a little bit more violently uh, versus uh, catching guys. So he's kind of getting his hands, arms extended a little bit more, get get those dudes off his body a little bit. So really ex- uh, excited about uh, what they're doing, and uh, and then also just how Geno is just running everything,
3: Ray. Um, it's beautiful to see Rashad Penny do his thing—one fifty-two touchdowns, and he should continue to get fed. But what do you think about the rookie, Ken Walker? Do you feel like they'll eventually give him a couple more touches, or do you just ride with Penny? And when he taps that helmet and it needs a break, you bring in the youngster.
8: Well, I think what they, I think maybe their game plan for now is a good one for for Walker because they use him on the fly sweep and he's gotten a couple, I think one or two screen passes. So they're trying to get him out into space and things like that. Uh, but because right now, uh, I just think they they have Penny kind of locked in. You have to let that dude be the bell cow. And so if that's like eighteen carries and, and then and then the then uh, Walker can get you know maybe eight or ten carries in some form of fashion. I think that's great. But uh, even watching the film, Mike, like there were uh, especially early in the game where the guards uh, weren't quite securing the the defensive tackles as much. They probably left maybe another 20 or 30 yards for Penny on the field. So it could have been like an even bigger night had like the guard play just been a little tighter to to start the game out because the tackles were setting the edge well, getting up to the next level, uh, cutting off the backside and things like that. But there was just a little leakage in the middle uh, early in the game that, that maybe stopped one or two plays that were going to be ten or eleven yard car uh gain. So uh I, I think if they can get uh Walker involved in the screen game, uh in the fly sweep, get him some carries from uh you know from the you know from under center or the you know from the running back position and just kind of sprinkle them in like that, I think then when you have those moments where Penny maybe isn't on his deal, you have another guy that's kind of, you know, warmed up and ready to go.
0: Hey, I know that there are a lot of layers to, to this answer, but what's up with this defense, Ray? <laughs> well, Let me know, ask the easy question, it's right? right? It's like Miss America, and it's like, what would you do about creating world peace? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have one minute.
8: <laughs> I know it, right? No, but but no, I have, I have an answer uh, because I've uh, I just been watching them a lot. And I think, you know, Dave uh, Wyman has a saying about assignment and alignment. And I think in a lot of regards, They are doing those things. They are lined up where they're supposed to be lined up and they're getting to where they're supposed to get. But then the next part of that is that then you have to go be a football player. And that's the part that's missing. Like, I think that they're trying to be, you know, you're learning this new system. You're trying to get to where you line up, where you're supposed to be, get to where you're supposed to get to. And that's all great. So like, if you just had to get a, you know, a plus or minus based on your alignment and where you get, where you got to, you probably get pluses. But then when you get there, you got to make something happen, you know? So, like, I, when I watch the defensive linemen, yes, they're, they're getting, uh, you know, to the gaps they're supposed to get to, but there's no uh, separation and then violence, you know, violence with their hands to get off the block to make the tackles. I see the linebackers sliding and getting to the gaps they're supposed to get to, but then they're catching the guards and just getting driven down the field. So now that I feel like if they, they feel good about their assignment and alignment, Now they have to go be football players and let loose all of that talent and all that power and all that strength and all that speed, all that kind of stuff. You have to kind of unleash that because it feels like as if they're just in their brains a lot thinking like, "Okay, I'm in the right place. But then when you get there, you got to show up with uh, with bad intentions.
0: Wyman, Bump, and uh, Curtis have been dying laughing for about a minute. We got you covered, (laughs) Ray. Okay, they have okay. been losing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Ray. So it, Bob the has man, tears. The coming man out is of his fired eyes. up. The man is fired up. Uh, so big Ray, oh. what would you if you're the coach of the defense and and you're right. I mean that third part, you kind of have to unclog your brain, or you've got to just turn it off or just anything. Is that what would you do as a coach? Would you think, okay, let's simplify, uh, let's uh, you know, do something different. What do you think?
8: No, I don't. I don't think you need to simplify it. It doesn't look like guys don't know what they're doing. It's just a matter of, like, uh, I, I guess this is where kind of like the Pete Carroll stuff comes in, where you're, when you're, it's more the mental part of the game. You know, whereas this game is probably about 80% mental and 20% physical. So uh, the mental part of it is just letting them uh, be who they are. Go be the player that you are. Go, you know, for Jordan Brooks, be this big, fast you know, hard hitting linebacker for Cody Barton to be, to use his intelligence and his, you know, craftiness to get to tackles for Puna Ford to get off blocks and make tackles at the line of scrimmage or, you know, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, those types of things. So I think that part is where it's not necessarily simplifying it, but it's just kind of freeing them up mentally, mentally to just go be football players. You know, you, you are where you're supposed to be now do what you get paid to do, you know, you know, create some damage.
0: All right, he is Ray Roberts, joins us every single week as we go in the trenches to, uh, I mean, initially the plan is find out more about the offensive line. But given that Ray is an analyst who is on the pre and post game show every week, helpful to take a look at what does needs to do right? That was my personally my favorite part of the interview, Ray. <laughs> it does it all. <laughs> you weren't wrong. You were not wrong. Uh, all right, Ray, thanks for joining us. We will hear you on uh, on pre and post this weekend and uh, talk to you next Thursday.
8: Yeah, yes, sir. See you guys later.
0: (laughs) Ray's not wrong when he talks about the defense needs to make it happen because that's some of what we've seen, right, is this defense. Actually, this is a better question for the two of you. Does it look like they know how to get there, they just can't tackle and can't make it happen? Or does it look like they're not in the right place?
1: I think – so I disagree for once with Ray. I I do think that it might be too complicated and that they need to simplify here, here's what my question would be. Explain the missed tackle by Cody Barton on the sidelines. It's inexplicable. You know, he's – he's and people just went nuts over that, right? Yeah. And then, you know, and then down on the goal line, the one where he totally misses Jared Goff, you know, and Jared runs it in mm-hmm. for a touchdown. Um, you know, the, the play that Lofa pointed out where he could have had a pick, if he's playing free and easy. So I just – I don't know. Maybe Maybe it's just him. Um, but I, I don't know. You know, I think we're overreacting a little bit because, you know, when you look at, I know the 520 yards and everything, but you look at the things that we talked to Shelby about. Like uh, there's a couple of picks dropped. Yeah. You know, they had the, you know, the fumble. I mean, explosive plays. When does Tyler Lockett fumble? When does Tyler Lockett ever do anything wrong? <laughs> you know, I mean, it just that happened. Then they have the. I thought they got pretty lucky on the the fourth down conversion on the punt. Hunter throws a, you know, kind of a wobbly pass, but yeah, it just uh, I, I think maybe they're closer than we think.
0: All right, um, we're gonna talk about this as we look ahead to Week Five. We're gonna have a bit of a preview of the Saints coming up at one thirty. First, though, we're gonna bring on the voice of the Seahawks. Steve Rabel joins us next. You are listening to the Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacy Ross. Joined now by the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. And Raves, I gotta warn you. Reminder to keep it radio friendly here. We uh, we may have had one regular guest slip a little bit when we're trying to figure out this defense, but uh, I trust that, that, that you'll keep it, uh, keep it together here. Right.
2: I can't imagine what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rabes. I'm actually going to start with defense. We started with offense for uh, all of our interviews here. The defense is so frustrating to watch because they have talented players. Uh, part of me thinks like it can't just be the switch to a three, four, but what do you think's going on with them?
2: I think it's a combination of everything. I mean, you got a lot of new guys playing uh, some of them in uh, kind of altered positions a little bit. You got somewhat of a new scheme. I mean, it's not totally different. The guys were playing even in the four, three playing some of these same kinds of uh, ideas that the three, four uh, entails, but you know, they're just kind of not playing great together as a group right now. But I, I, I agree with Pete. I I think it's going to come mostly because you have really good football players there. If you didn't, then you might be concerned, but you've got as much speed as I can ever remember us having on defense. Um, It's a matter of getting guys in the right place. And I think I heard Dave mentioning earlier um, is not overthinking, you know, when you have to stop and think about what you're doing, then it, then it causes you to pause and even for a split second and the guys on the other side of the line will be past you by then. So, you know, you just want to make it so that everybody knows what their assignments are and and I think that all of that's going to come um, mostly because I think these guys, as I said, are good enough football players that they'll make it happen.
1: Yeah. ribs. nobody ever accused me of overthinking. Uh, <laughs> things, so, yeah, I'm, the, here, I'm here. King of that. Yeah. Hey, what about though? I, I think we're starting to get the payoff from the rookies. You know, we had just had Colby uh, in here and then, you know, we had, uh, uh, you know, we had watched Tariq Woolen get the pick six and the punch out from, from Kobe. So it's pretty cool to to see that starting to pay off because for a while there, you know, there's lots of holding penalties, things like that. And now all of a sudden we're starting to see the upside from these young guys on defense.
2: Yeah. Uh I, I can't tell you how impressive Tariq Woolen is. And yeah, he's gotten himself a couple of a couple of cheap penalties and um and, and in a couple of instances where he's right there to make a play, which is what's so encouraging in my mind. He's there to make the play, whether to knock the pass down or to do whatever to do to keep the receiver from catching it. And for whatever reason, a couple of times he's kind of gotten a little handsy, maybe reached out and grabbed some jersey a little bit. But that's, you know, that's that's kind of young players learning the business in the National Football League. And so I'm just wildly encouraged by uh, how how close he is. I think uh, to making those kind of plays. Uh, Brian's the same way. I mean, he's been on coverage playing a new position, uh, you know, Nickelback, he hadn't played that before and it's a different animal playing inside than it is out on the edge. So, uh, you know, I, I, think there, there are lots of things to be encouraged about. And, and the one kind of big thing that sort of overhangs all this is certainly fixable. And that is you got to tackle better, uh, taking the right angles, making the tackle when you have the opportunity uh, and it just comes with doing it. Uh, you know, you get better at it as you as you do it. Now, this is spoken from a wide receiver who tried to line up wide every time and stay away from as much contact <laughs> as is humanly possible. But still, I've watched enough defensive play to know that, that that's the case. And, and these guys will get better at securing those tackles.
3: Ray's, we've seen Geno play out of his mind, to us at least, to him. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And he was asked, you know, um, he was asked a question, and he pretty much said that he could play better. If there's anything better that Geno can do, what would that be?
2: <laughs> I don't know, because I was going to ask I, – I interviewed Pete this afternoon, and I was going to ask him that same question. What on earth could he be doing better right now than he's already doing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, he's he's getting into some of the, the the plays that have been the biggest plays for the Seahawks. audibling when he sees what, you know, he and Shane, the offensive coordinator, have talked over – prior to the game. Uh, If you see this, then check to that. And he's getting into those kinds of plays. He's, he's understanding where the pressure is coming from. He's getting the ball out of his hands. He's even running the football. He ran for a touchdown the other day. He scrambled for first downs. So I don't know what, and he's, and he's been very, very accurate with the football. So I don't know what he could be better doing. He's leading the team. Well, the guys in the huddle, you know, they, they kind of shut up and listen to him. And that's what you're supposed to do. When the quarterback steps in, uh, I just hope whatever it is, I hope he just keeps continue doing it uh, because he is uh, as big a reason and maybe the biggest reason why the Seahawks uh, have won a couple of games and um, and are, I think, are on kind of track now to really get rolling.
0: I was going to say, I mean, I have no idea other than like what complete 95 percent of his passes, (laughs) like something that we just don't see. Um, I wanted to take a step outside of Seattle, look at the NFC West, every team two and two right now, San Francisco uh, beating up on the Rams, the Rams defense not being as good as we thought Arizona struggling in ways we didn't expect or maybe should have without Hopkins. Um, Does this feel as wide open a division as it is right now, just in the standings? Or do you think that the Rams and 49ers kind of start to pull ahead up here?
2: Well, I, I don't want to jump on the Rams bandwagon yet. Cause we haven't really seen them up close. We haven't played against them. We know what they can do, uh, but the 49ers we have played against, and they are as complete a team as, as we have faced, uh, you know, just all you got to do is look at the scoreboard for one thing, but they run the ball really well. Uh, Garoppolo for the most part is in control of what he's doing. He misses some passes a time or two, but he's got some great weapons and, you know, Tebow Samuels as good as anybody in the league right now. So I, I, I think the 49ers, uh, I would say they're the ones that we're going to be looking at down the, you know, the barrel of the gun at the end of the season, if we keep getting better on defense and continuing what we're doing on offense and the Rams, let's see, uh, they're, they're playing with some new guys up front, especially on the offensive front. And so that's been a little bit of a, of a, some, maybe some question marks for them but uh, all in all, I, I, you know, the, and the Cardinals are kind of up and down. I mean, one week they might play great and score 45 points, and the next week they score 12 and uh, can't get out of their own way. So we'll we'll see what the rest of the season brings. Right now, though, and tell me if you've heard this any place before, all I'm really concerned about are the Saints. Right. We're going
0: to be <laughs> hearing it a lot this week. Do you week. even
1: know who they play the, after the Saints?
2: It, right? It's the next uh, I didn't tell you me either. I, I think it's Arizona. Wait a minute, I, well,
0: got, I really don't
1: know. See, you are one week you're a, get a true t- football player,
0: dude. <laughs> 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 I made it. <laughs> We're one week at a time.
1: You're right, you're right yeah, I, Arizona. Yeah, I like uh, I like asking players that because it's tried and true, man. You just that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. Unless they have like, if you're going somewhere and they're like, yeah, I knew that because I have family there mm-hmm. and I got to get tickets and and things like that. But yeah, for
2: the most right. part or Maybe. or in the case of this week there's a you know there's a Cajun restaurant that they want to go to yeah, uh,
5: exactly
2: and, and 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 you know join DK on the cart then after that uh, on Sunday Whoa. you got to be careful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> where are these interviews going today you we guys we already
1: had
2: to bleep somebody <laughs> I'm out we're it in oh, well man. you
0: have a minute <laughs> I,
2: I heard you guys talking to Rick Riz uh, who i rick i have known for as long as he's been here you know as as a couple of guys who Kind of talk about you know their teams uh, in this city, and I got I was driving and I got so excited just listening to him, you know, talk about guys and talk about situations and he remembers every statistic that that there is to remember, um, you know, he'd make a case of food poisoning. Exciting, he is, he is just <laughs> that kind of guy, He's and rough. I can't wait, I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait to hear uh, the call of, the, of tomorrow. Yeah. Well, well
1: you, I guess we get to see like two thirds of the game, maybe, because our, our plane leaves. But yeah, we'll be rooting on Rick. Really happy for Rick Ridd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: we really are. I and everybody. Um, All right. Yeah. He is a voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. You can hear him this Sunday on this call against the Saints. Thanks, Rapes.
2: Okay, kid. Thank you.
0: All right, we're going to take a look at the New Orleans Saints here. You have one superstar who expects to play and one star who may not. That's coming up next. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. Who are the New Orleans Saints? We know they're the Seahawks Week 5 opponent. Let's find out a bit more about them now. I'm going to start offensively where you got three injuries to watch for. Running back Alvin Kamara is dealing with a rib injury. He says he expects to play. Meanwhile, quarterback Jameis Winston and wide receiver Michael Thomas did not practice Yesterday, after missing last week's game, TBD if they're going to play. So, if we do see Andy Dalton under center, I did not catch a lot of that game in London at 6 30 bump. I got to be honest. But you <laughs> did. You did watch it. Tell us uh, how old Andy Dalton looked and, and what kind of offense from the Saints we can expect with him.
3: He looked like Andy Dalton. He looked like a quarterback who's been around the league for a while and is um, just the backup quarterback. Didn't have a horrible day. 25 of 38, 273, one touchdown. I'm sorry, that's Kirk Cousins stats 20 28, 236, one touchdown, no interceptions. Still
0: the same guy. Still the
3: same guy, right? <laughs> Different Still jersey. The same. <laughs> Sacked twice. And you watch this offense, and they're not the. With Drew Brees, he didn't throw the ball down the field like 100 yards, right? But he found a way to push it to like that 15, 20 mm-hmm. yard range. When I look at Andy Dalton, he's looking for that underneath stuff. He wants to let his the athletic receivers get it for him, honestly. Olave was 476, one touchdown. He's a young receiver out of the Ohio State University. Um, It's a lot of possession, right? This team wants to work the ball down the field slowly. They're like a middle of the pack type of team if you look at their stats offensively and defensively. Um, But this is a team that you have to respect no matter what. I mean, the Seahawks and where they are as an organization right now, there's no room just to show up and say, okay. This should be a win for us, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's a, it's a team that's going to challenge you defensively. They got some guys over there on that personnel that will uh, that will make you work. I'm interested to see how Gino bounces back, but offensively, the Saints are ninth in the league, averaging three sixty four per game. They're 16th when it comes to rushing. They're ninth when it comes to pass, and um, those, are, those are their offensive numbers. They they will challenge you, and uh, every team in this league will challenge you. But uh, Andy Dalton, if he is the guy, uh, you pressure him and hope that he turns the ball over.
1: This team has given the ball away 11 times. They're dead yes. last in turnover ratio. Uh, they're minus seven. So, and of course, any team that Jameis Winston is on. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. Handing Did you out see, interceptions. Who was I it? wish I could have played against him when I was
0: playing. Right. Yeah, there was younger. a defender that used to play, I believe, with him. Who was uh, talking about him and was like, "We knew he'd turn the ball over," and it's like, "Dang, Dang. former yeah, teammate." That's Dang.
1: too bad. Yeah, that's I weird. probably, I probably would have dropped it anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, you look at uh, just to go look on their defensive yeah, side, yeah. like Bump said, you know, they're they're pretty much same thing. They're middle of the road. They're number twelve. They're number nine against the pass. But Demario Davis, I res- I think is one of the best, one of my favorite linebackers in the league. And remember, he had a really good game last year up here. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's their number two tackler. He's got two sacks. Uh, he's got a couple of uh, passes broken up. I mean, he's just all over the field. Same with Pete Werner, who was a, I think he was a second-round draft choice at Ohio State a couple of years ago, 21, or actually last year. Um, and he's their number one tackler. He's got 40 tackles, a forced fumble, a pass broken up, a tackle for loss. I mean, he's just all over the field. And then, you know, you got Marshawn Lattimore, mm-hmm. Teran Matthew. Uh, so, yeah, they this is they are always a threat and that's the thing until I mean, the Seahawks are two and two and until you're you know you're pretty much going to be in every game it's not like you're going to go into a game right now and go oh we should just kill these right. guys first of all you're on the road which is always difficult but yeah it's just they just haven't quite gotten that uh, to that level just yet where but isn't the, the the case every week where you go and you think okay New Orleans probably should get a w And then all of a sudden, you look at their lineup and go,
3: baller, baller, (laughs) baller, baller. (laughs) baller."
0: Yeah, and then you don't see it. I mean, I was turning to you. So I had the um, defensive depth chart up to ask you some questions about the defense. And I'm just thinking, I know every person on this team. I mean, it's not often that you look at a team and you know the first, second guy at a position. And uh, it, it just feels like they should be so much better than one in three.
3: Yeah. That's the NFL for you. That's that's how small the margin of error is. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing DK go after Marshawn Lattimore. And you guys remember last year, um, they got into it a little bit. DK ended up with seven for 149 on 10 targets. Um, but no, that wasn't. He didn't do that last year. Oh, they did get into it last year. Yeah, correct. Yeah. They got into it last year. And uh, he drew two flags on uh marshawn Lattimore and got into that's his right. head that's got into right. his head so like i in in these games too like obviously you want to see your team do well but i also look at like the history like all right you think marshawn Lattimore forgot about that you think dk forgot about that like how are they going to handle those type of situations this year so um that's one thing i'm going to be looking at Dave.
1: i loved what dk said last week when they were talking about akuda yeah, yeah yeah and he's like He's got help over the top. He's a good corner, <laughs> but he, he, the one one of the catches, the one where he ran down to like the one yard line, he just swatted him aside uh-huh. and, you know, I just I love these little battles, and I feel like, well, remember in twenty twenty, he was like the king of drawing penalties. Yeah, you know, and I think you said he got he he got one last year from from Lattimore, but you know, and then last year he kind of got a little bit too fired up, but yeah, he just seems like he is so on his game. Right now. So um, and and love seeing that because, you know, that was the thing when Russ left. you thought, oh, man, should you spend all that money on DK yeah. is it, or is it going to be a running team or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy for both him and Lockett that they, um, you know, that Geno's having such a good year. and yeah. able to Get them the ball because they're so
5: talented.
0: Uh, the Seahawks were already upset and upset, at least to betters in the Lions game. Betters were uh, Lions were almost two touchdown favorites in that one. This week in New Orleans, Seahawks still the underdog by nearly a touchdown. Now the home field is always going to have that field goal advantage. Nearly a touchdown, though. I can't, guys. What do you think? I mean, either one of you. I'll have both of you answer. But I go back and forth between whether I think that that touchdown favorite for New Orleans is fair. What, what was the spread in Detroit? I th- wasn't it like twelve points, something crazy? So it wow. was there. It was Detroit's yeah. biggest spread in, I think, since 2019 or 2018.
1: That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What people and you can tell. I mean, look, these guys that are setting the line, they're looking at uh, Geno Smith and they're looking at Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. And those two guys have just been a total surprise. So every mm-hmm. once in a while, they get it wrong. And I'm happy to be uh, the recipient of it as a fan. <laughs> <for sure.
0: laughs> um, yeah, this New Orleans team, Dave, you're right. They've got a lot of ballers and bump. You're right in and the Andy Dalton. He, he can still get stuff done. Right. If you've got healthy weapons around you, you can still get that done. So. What we're waiting for with this New Orleans team is whether some of those weapons are going to include Michael Thomas. Yeah. F-
1: By the way, Taysom Hill has not thrown a pass.
0: But has he run for anything?
1: <laughs> yeah, he is a runner. There he you is go. very good. He's their second leading. Uh, he's got two touchdowns. He's
0: second, their second leading rusher?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Well, behind Mark Ingram. But, yeah, they, he has not thrown. But, you know, the, the guy that I think, you know, if you could pick one guy off their roster to have on your team. Yeah. Even though we have good running backs. I love Alvin Kamara. Yep. And he is, uh, he's a tough guy. He's a great screen guy. Good, um, you know, as far as catching the ball. So it's going to be, yeah, every, every week, Huge
0: test. All right. Um, most of our conversation with the Saints began with the injury report. They're a little banged up. Seahawks a little healthier, but Rashad Penny did not practice yesterday. Let's figure out how serious that is. With John Boyle, who joins us next. You are listening to the Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacy Ross. Uh, John Boyle, Seattle or Seattle Seahawks reporter, is going to join us in uh, in just a couple minutes. Um, we're going to bring him in. Start by looking at some of these injuries. Um, Do you think that so I'm going to start by asking John about Rashad Penny, who was on the injury report. I'm not altogether concerned until Penny just isn't playing or isn't on the field. Obviously, we'll get more information from Pete Carroll tomorrow. But do you see an opportunity for Penny in this game against New Orleans?
3: Yeah, I do. Actually, I see an opportunity for Penny against anybody the way that he's running, man. And uh, the guy who probably knows all about that just sat down, John Boyle.
0: John Boyle of Seahawks.com and joining us right now. John, we were just talking about Rashad Penny. I know that he was either limited or missed practice. How's he doing?
7: I don't know yet because I haven't practiced today, but I will yeah. say it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's pretty rare that you'll see a player be put at the podium on Wednesday to talk to the media if mm-hmm. there's point. real injury concern there. So, I mean, I think he was just a little, you know, typical banged up a little bit and so I, I would be willing to bet we see him probably out there practicing today I, i'm not too worried about it yet i mean we'll have to wait and see on friday yeah. but again i don't i don't think if there's a real concern there they make him available to the media we'll point. Say.
1: that's an insider veteran
7: move right, right
1: yeah. there Reading yeah. yeah. the, the cues. The hey you've talked to penny yeah what's different i mean it's so it's so interesting that it's his fifth year mm-hmm. where it you feel like he's just kind of getting consistently, going consistently yeah. yeah clicks what What do you notice different about
7: him? I mean, a lot of it, I think, is just health and opportunity. We saw so much his first few years in the league. He was banged up. He finally got going. You remember the end of 2019 Then he tears his ACL. That was a long road back. There's kind of those nagging injuries that come with it. And then, you know, just guys ahead of him. Chris Carson was obviously doing great. And then they had, you know, Alex Collins was doing well for a while last year. So it was finally just him getting that chance to get going. Because, I mean, we saw it last week was a great example. He's one of those running backs, and there's a lot of good ones like this you give him time and that's when they get going they get the feel for the game and they start breaking I mean, he was five carries for eight yards in the first half so yeah. if you're mixing them in there as a change of pace guy and that's all the work he's getting it might not look like much but you keep feeding him keep feeding him he hits his hole and once he gets in the open field he's as good as they get i mean i i looked this up the other day he's got five touchdown runs of 30 or more yards since last year nobody else has more than two wow. so i mean what he's doing is just that's that's incredibly rare in the
1: NFL. Yeah, I think Bump stole that stat. That's okay. That's
7: no, 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 no. It was no. like Negative. the. It was
0: like when uh, Michael Scott on The Office has a quote and then signs <laughs> off. It was it was Bump found a stat that was found by John Boyle. I
3: <laughs> always put your name Boyle. on it. That's it. Yeah. Boyle found
7: a ridiculous stat. Like in one. Okay, side note. How do you how do you find stuff like that? Well, that you can just do on Pro, Pro Football Reference has a subscri- a paid subscription side called Stathead, uh-huh. and you can sort all sorts of things. So you can just look up literally runs every run of third touchdown run of 30 plus yards. And then you can sort by player. All
3: right. Still got to get a little creative though. You can get the subscription, but you got to have the, uh, the, uh, I don't know, insights really think about that. But um, I want to ask you how, what's the vibe of the defense right now? Because, you know, we're in here in the morning and they're playing their music loud. Everyone's getting amped up for the day. And, as a player i would think like yes we gave up 520 yards but we got to reset and try to come back positive is that what they what they do or do you feel like some guys are taking it to heart and and holding their heads down
7: i don't think they, i mean they're taking it to heart but i don't think they're holding their heads down i think they're looking at it as like look they all know we they need to get better like it hasn't been very good obviously the last couple of weeks especially way too many yards way too many big plays but i think they're looking at what's leading to it and they see it as stuff that can get fixed. It's not that they're just getting physically dominated down after down and just a bunch of inferior talents. They're screwing things up and missing tackles or missing assignments. It's just, again, things they think will get fixed. It's just a question of how soon, because look, if it takes you nine, 10 weeks to get that fixed, you might lose a few more games. You shouldn't have you get it cleaned up quickly, I think this team can be really good.
0: Do you think New Orleans presents an opportunity for the defense this week?
7: I mean, we'll see. I, I would have said that last week when you look at all the guys the Lions were missing. You, right. You'd look at, okay, the Lions are missing this guy, this guy. This guy, it's a good get-right game. And it looked for a couple series like it might be, and then it all got away from him. So, yeah, the Saints, they might not have Jameis. They might not have Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have Alvin Kamara, who has just killed the Seahawks mm-hmm. as a receiver more than anything the last couple times they've met. So, I'm not going to look at any opponent as like this is a good chance to get right, but yeah, I mean, they whoever it is, they just got to again clean up some of those big issues. It's okay to give up a 20 yard pass, don't miss the tackle and let it become 80. I mean, that's right. what it really comes down to. Yeah.
1: We got some uh, some babies being born.
7: Yeah, some how about these. that? Got, yeah, is it two. Yeah, Jason Myers had a ba- his wife had a baby over the weekend, and then Austin Blythe, him and his wife had their baby. Uh, we just talked to him in the locker room actually. So he went from Detroit to Iowa. For the birth of the child. Oh, okay. So that's why he was away. He's back now with the team. But Aww. spent a couple of days back home in Iowa after the game. The, the Seahawks let him leave the team Sunday after the game and go home for that. So. And when Jason Myers, was it on game day or the day it's, I mean, the way Pete Carroll described it, I haven't talked to Jason yet. The way Pete Carroll described it, I think it happened, like, during the game.
0: Because wow. wasn't it, like, upon ending the game, Jason Myers found out? like I think oh, so. The, you know. I think it
7: literally came, yeah. like, towards the end of the game. Yeah. So, oh, what know, his, his second daughter, so. I asked, oh, um, man, he's outgunned. I hey, I, I've been there. I, <laughs> uh, I'm outgunned times three. So. I was gonna yeah. say,
0: you got three daughters, three daughters. Yeah,
7: man, yeah, I, pray I'm, for you guys tonight. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Boyle. <laughs> That's fun. No,
0: no they're fine. Girl dads are great. I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
3: Hey, I I asked Rabel this question uh, just because I think it's fascinating. Because Geno's is playing at like a Pro Bowl level right now, yeah, and uh, he said he can play better, yeah. What can he do, Boyle? So play better? It's funny he was just
7: asked about that when he was meeting with the media earlier and he I mean he just kinda said everything. He said, you know, he, he goes, I, I feel like I missed six to Tyler Lockett. There's that deep ball in the early mm-hmm. game early in the game that he mm-hmm. just overthrew by a step. So, you know, he's he's gonna look at his game and say, you know, as good as this was, I could have made this throw better, my footwork could have been better. So but I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's hard to imagine asking for more for that from that guy right now. Yeah. Who I mean, statistically by just about any measure, he's been a elite Top, you know, upper echelon quarterback this year.
1: Yeah, if you wanted to be a real jerk, you could compare his numbers to Russell. I would never, ever do that. Who would do that? Oh, Dave Wyman pulling out a (laughs) notebook just now? (laughs) Well, the one thing, I mean, he's taken uh, half as many sacks. Yeah. And then his quarterback rating is 108 versus 91. But I mean, yeah, it's just a. And we keep asking the players, like, did you see this from Gino? And they're like, oh, yeah, we knew. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, you didn't. Come on, man. This is like, I, I think. You know,
7: I, I mean, think it's fair to say they knew he could be good. Like They've seen enough in practice from him and in, in glimpses last year when he took over that they had confidence he'd get the job done. But yeah, I don't think you can honestly, and not because of Geno Smith, but just no quarterback completes 78% of their right. passes. It's, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's hard to say anyone was predicting quite this level of production, but there was a lot of confidence in him based on what they'd seen in the last few years from him.
1: Yeah, and there was the stat, and I don't know if this came from you. I know O'Connell had it on our notes that, um, that it's... Since 1950, he joins Tom Brady and Derek Carr in the first four games, completing over 70%. Since 1950. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's out of this world. Yeah.
7: Well, and no one's had a higher four-game start completion percentage than him, if you take it up to 125 completions, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that 77% he's at is the highest anybody's done, so. All right. It's
0: pretty wild. Uh, do you have one more question? I'm going to do
3: these. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Wyman pointed out that there's only been two incompletions to the tight end so far. And I'm looking at Uncle Will. He's yeah. perfect 12 for 12. And then Kobe Parkinson has a couple that he missed. But we still have not seen Noah offense. Like, he scored a touchdown last week. But I don't think we've seen what Noah offense can bring to this offense yet.
7: Yeah, no. I think you look at coming to this season, he looked at maybe you'd think he's the biggest pass-catching threat. and you know, they'll, they'll get him going in time but I think that if anything that bodes well for the office that they're getting that much out of the other two guys and haven't even really unlocked everything from him yet it's I know really that cool he had like a
1: he had a 15yard uh, completion that got nullified yeah a, a penalty oh, yeah. we talked about his mm-hmm, butt block mm-hmm. on uh, the Kobe park <laughs> parkinson you <He> kind of shielded <laughs> yep. off the yeah. boxing out I love it I yep. love seeing the tight ends get the ball man
0: um, we have about two minutes left here to run through some, uh, some keys. Let's just keep it simple. Key to a win against yeah. the Saints. You're in not week five. trick us
7: up with a new form of <laughs> favorite.
0: Well, okay. I initially debated being like, okay, forget keys to a win. We're going to talk about keys to the defense in week five, mm-hmm. but here's, I'll, I'll leave one rule. If you say defense plays well, you, you gotta tell me what you mean. You gotta tell me what you want to see from the defense. That is my only rule. Mm-hmm. So John, get us started with a key I mean, to a win.
7: Defense plays well. Got it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's the big plays. We talked about this already, but just get those out of your game. Don't give up. You know, they, they define the explosives as a 16-yard yeah. pass, 12-yard run. Let's keep it under, like, eight of those. That's not even, like, a crazy number, but <laughs> in, in recent games and, and maybe even – Limit. Just worry about the even bigger plays. If you give yeah. up the a the 30 short artery, yeah. Just don't yeah. give up those huge plays. Get yeah. those out of your game. Killer. There's like
1: an 80, a
0: 50, 81 a and 50,
7: and all. Yeah. The, and the thing, all those have chances to be a lot shorter. That's yeah. that's what kills you. It's, yeah. If a guy just gets wide open and you throw a perfect bomb, it is what it is. But yeah. it's when guys are missing tackles, it's yeah. tough.
1: Takeaways. That'll that'll turn things around. And yeah. they are giving the ball up at a ridiculous rate. 11 uh, giveaways for the new orleans saints so they're minus seven in turnover ratio dead last uh Defense make big plays, take the ball, and you know what we saw from our two rookies. We
0: did um,
1: Kobe Bryant and uh, and Tariq Woolen that they're comfortable enough now to start jumping routes and making plays and punching out and all that.
0: Clean all right, up special Final
3: teams. One. Don't fumble on punt. Don't snap hook a, a field goal, and then do not fall for a fake punt.
0: All right, easy rules. That's it. <laughs> Those are keys to a win in week five. Uh, this has been the huddle. Don't go anywhere.